we can get our kill times with 10 to 30 parts per million where they're using hundreds, if not thousands of parts per million to do the same thing. And our kill times are faster. You're talking about... Like MRSA. If we put MRSA with our silver, it's dead within minutes, if not sooner. This is Steve Ravelli, and this is the Lifestylist Podcast. Here we are, my fellow health enthusiasts. Today, we're dropping episode 449, Nature's Best Medicine, the Science and Secrets of Colloidal Silver Revealed. The show notes, links, and all the things are located at lukestory.com slash silver. So I recorded this one out in Salt Lake City, Utah at the Silver Biotics headquarters with Steve Ravelli, their chief scientific officer. This dude's an expert on silver technology who has spent decades of his career working with and advancing silver science. And this is a topic I've wanted to cover for years, as silver has been part of my healing arsenal for a couple decades. But I had to find the right person for the job, and Steve delivered big time. So if you are silver curious, or a longtime user like me, this one is going to blow your mind. This incredible metal just has so many useful applications. But as you'll soon learn, not all silver products are created equal. So this one's going to bust many a myth and set us all straight. Here's a quick teaser of some of the topics we get into. We, of course, talk about my epic tour of the Silver Biotics factory, which was very impressive to say the least, and the magic of silver and how ancient peoples have used this element to live healthy lives prior to modern antibacterial technologies. The do's and don'ts of colloidal silver, the future of colloidal silver, and how we might be able to undo the damage caused by the overuse of pharmaceutical antibiotics. How hospitals use silver as an antiseptic, how it helps heal burns, Decoding marketing speak like nano silver, coated silver, and ionic silver. The optimal PPM or parts per million for oral silver products and why higher isn't always better. The potential risks of silver building up in your tissues. And why some silver kills our natural probiotics and how to prevent this. How exactly silver supports the immune system. Silver and its effect on inflammation. Using silver in a nebulizer and nasal sprays using it in your eyes and ears, and why silver is so awesome in dental care products. We also talk about its applications for psoriasis and eczema and even using it for your pets. I'm really stoked to share this one with you, so we'll go ahead and jump right in. But before we do, here's the skinny on your obligatory discount should you decide to take up Silver Biotics on their kind offer. And for the record, this is the silver brand I use, and I love it. In fact, a couple days ago, I had to shave my face clean for the first time in at least, I don't know, 10 years for some dental work. And I was concerned I might get razor bumps or some skin irritation. So I slathered on a big dose of their silver healing cream, and just as I expected, the results were flawless. It actually worked like a charm. So I love this stuff. If by the end of this episode you want to check it out yourself, here's what you do. Go to lukestory.com slash silverbiotics. And for your first time purchase, use the code LUKE30 for a whopping 30% off. And after your first purchase, you can use the code LUKE for 10% off. Again, that's lukestory.com slash silverbiotics. Okay, guys, let's get ready to learn how another one of nature's most powerful healing agents works and how to best use it with Steve Ravelli. Enjoy the show. And if you dig it, tell a friend. Steve, good to meet you, brother. Nice to meet you. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, what an incredible day. So we're here uh, near Salt Lake City, Utah. For those listening, I just went and did an insider tour of the Silver Biotics headquarters, which was like 
half sci-fi, half Willy Wonka, really interesting operation. And the scale of it was really impressive. So I'm just a geek that loves learning about how things work and especially seeing it. So thank you so much for the tour and having me over there today. I guess what I'd like to start with is a little bit of your background. You know, I know you're a scientist, a former teacher. How did you get into lab work and the things that ultimately led to what I witnessed today? Well, I was in public education for 30 years in high schools and university. And I retired about, oh, seven years ago. And uh, it's my neighbor's company, the Molars. And so they've been pestering me for years to kind of retire so I could go to work for them and and uh, and be their science guy. Yeah, that's kind of what they call me. And uh, so I still teach part-time at university and still dabble in that, but full-time for, uh, for American Biotech, um, ABL Manufacturing, and I've had a great career. So I thought I'd just stay with it and, and enjoy myself. And do you remember the moment when you discovered silver as it applies to health and well-being? Versus, uh, you know, a precious metal that has a monetary value. I do. I do. But, but that was that was a lot of years ago. That was probably 20 years ago uh, when the Mullers first started their company. And one of the first products they had was a wound care gel. And uh, it, it, an interesting story. You know, it's kind of kind of a little bit out there. But we had this old alley cat at home. And it was always getting in fights and it was, you know, torn ears and not everything else. And so the molars brought me over one of these uh, tubes of uh, their wound care gel. And I thought, okay, I'll try it. So I kind of squirted it on the cat and thought, okay, let's see what happens here. And within a week, the wound was healed. The cat was fine. And I thought, oh my heavens, I didn't have to take it to the vet. I didn't have to get medication down its throat. It healed it up just perfectly. Wow, that's cool. So that kind of got your attention into the potential power of that substance. Absolutely. The silver thing has always been fascinating to me because you have, um, you know, you have a metal, right? And it's like you don't think of ever putting a metal intentionally in the body, especially with all this, you know, awareness that we have now around heavy metals and things like that. But I've always been fascinated with humans and the value that they assign to different metals that are mined out of the earth. And this one being so unique, I mean, you have people that are into um, this monoatomic gold and, and stuff like that, which I don't know anything about. But I remember very early on in my health journey, learning about colloidal silver and, you know, it's many applications and stuff. And I just, it's just strange to me that humans figured this out. So to that end, when I was doing my research today on kind of the history of silver being used, um, you know, by humans for health purposes, I found some stuff on the silver biotic site, which was really interesting. And I'm just going to rattle them off here. And then we'll, we'll get into some of, uh, some of your expertise. So the Greeks used vessels made of silver to keep water and other liquids fresh. The Roman empire stored wine and silver urns to prevent spoilage. Thus silver was used in dishware, drinking containers and eating utensils. I thought that was really interesting because you know, you have grandma's like fine silver, right? And I just thought, well, it's because it looks pretty, but there was another reason. And then Middle Ages silverware was believed to be what protected the wealthy from the plague. And then settlers in the Australian outback used silverware in their water tanks to inhibit spoilage. Pioneers of the American West found that if they placed silver coins in their casks of water, it preserved the water longer from growth of bacteria and mold. 
In the early 1800s, doctors used silver sutures in surgical wounds with successful results. And finally, silver leaf was used to combat infection and battle wounds sustained by soldiers during World War II. I mean, that's a pretty impressive history of use. And when I read that stuff, I'm like, why doesn't everyone know about this? Which I guess is part of my role as a podcaster. What do you, what do you think about like the historic relevance of silver? Well, one adage that has always been used that kind of sticks in my head is, you know, that that person was born with a silver spoon in their mouth. You know, like, okay, that's true. You know, royalty and things like that, they ate off of silver utensils, which they would kind of get a daily dose of silver, you know, and of course the peasants, they ate off of wood and they weren't as healthy. Wow, that's interesting. I never made that correlation of the silver spoon comment. That's pretty cool. Okay. Um, do when we were touring the facility today, we were we were talking about, you know, the fact that some hospitals are supplied with silver. And I think you guys fortify some of the hospitals. I mean, if if I went into a hospital here in Salt Lake today with a, an acute injury, a wound or something like that, What's or a burn maybe, what's the likelihood of them applying some kind of silver product to, to that wound? Uh, very, very readily. Uh, there's another product out there that uh, is used in, in babies that put them in their, they put it in their newborn's eyes all the time. It's silver sulfadiazinine. And uh, there's a lot of different silver products that are out there that are used. We are getting to the point where our silver is actually in pharmacies, in hospitals. And so we will see some of our products used, especially in burn units. And again, it's for abrasions, first, second degree burns, lacerations, uh, avulsions, and things like that. So uh, you're very likely to see silver in the near future, if not now. That's super cool. What What's the uh, mechanism of action with burns? Because that seems to be one of the most common applications. Is it that the antimicrobial effect of silver is stopping the burn from getting infected? Or do you think there's something else that's helping to speed up or facilitate the actual healing? There's a little bit of both. You know, with our immune supplement, it's the same thing. Well, how can you support the immune system with silver? Well, what silver does, of course, is it gets rid of the bad the bad bugs, pathogenic bacteria, molds and mildews and fungus. And it allows the body to do what it can do most efficiently. So in a burn site, yes, that's the most important thing is to get rid of the microbes in there that are actually very, they're tearing apart that, that new growth of tissue that is very susceptible for damage. And so the silver protects that by allowing the, those tissues to heal much more readily, much more efficiently than they would if they weren't protected. Oh, that's interesting. So some of the energy that your body's going to spend to kind of regrow that tissue is being spent on fighting the infection. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Exactly. So you're kind of taking the burden energetically off of the body so that it doesn't have to spend any of its energy on the infection part of it. It can just get to the, the reproduction of the skin cells. And exactly. That. Oh, that's interesting. That's very cool. So what is uh, colloidal silver? I want to get into some of the definitions. You know, when you go online or on Amazon and you start looking for silver products, there's all of this, I don't know, there's just this sea of different terminologies. It's very confusing. I've always just called it colloidal silver, but we're going to get into some of the other terminology. But is what Silver Biotics, the company that you work for, does considered colloidal silver? Yes, yeah. I mean, scientifically, that's kind of my realm, you know. Scientifically, a colloid is a substance that is 
dispersed, not dissolved, is dispersed in another substance, a solvent. And those particles are usually somewhere between 5 and 200 nanometers, which is really, really small. In order to be considered like nano, the big word nano is out there right now, uh, a substance is usually between 5 uh, nanometers and 999 nanometers is the official uh, version of that. So our silver particles are usually between 5 and 15 nanometers. So they're quite small. They're on the lower end of the nano scale, but they are, again, particles that are dispersed in, in this case, it's in water. Um, a lot of your products out there, they are not colloids, they are solutions. And I say that because a solution takes up two, two major pieces. A solution is usually ionic, dissolved into water, whereas a colloid is a particle that is suspended or dispersed in water. It's not dissolved. Ions are very small. They're usually between 0.3 and 0.5 nanometers, less than a nanometer. And so they are actually chemicals, ions that are dissolved into the water instead of dispersed in the water, suspended in the water. And that's the de definition of a colloid. Ah, uh, okay, because that was the other thing I was going to ask you about is nanosilver. This is a term that you see thrown around a lot in this, in this field. And most silvers out there, they are nano, period. I mean, it's very hard to get particles that are small enough to do what they're supposed to do in the body or on the surface of the body, destroy microbes that aren't nano. Okay, got it. Perhaps now, more than ever, humanity is under an incredible amount of stress. Hell, even when the world's not this insane, normal life can be stressful. And aside from just being uncomfortable, stress can take a toll on your body, raising your blood pressure, making it harder to sleep, draining you of vital energy, and making you more irritable. That's why I strongly recommend that you supplement with magnesium daily. A shocking 75% of people are magnesium deficient. That number might be even higher among business owners and C-level professionals. That's because stress depletes magnesium levels. And this can, of course, trigger a vicious cycle of rising stress and severe magnesium deficiency. This magnesium stuff is so important that it's involved in over 300 chemical processes inside your body. It's a critical mineral. Having enough magnesium can give you better sleep, more energy, healthy blood pressure, less irritability, a calmer mood stronger bones, reduced muscle cramping, and even fewer migraines. Sounds awesome, right? Well, to experience these health benefits, you have to get the right kinds of magnesium, and most synthetic magnesium supplements just don't cut it. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic, full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress relief and better sleep all in one bottle. This stuff's incredible, and I actually took one this morning before I left the house. I was thinking about that as I record these ads. I'm like, okay, when did I use it last? Yep, it was today and almost every day. So for an exclusive offer for you Lifestylist Podcast listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com slash Luke and use the code Luke10 at checkout to save 10% off and get free shipping. That's magbreakthrough.com slash Luke and use the code Luke10. And then what about coated silver? This is another term that I see. In fact, there's, we'll get into the, the preferred PPM or parts per million, but there's 
One influencer that comes to mind that's promoting something, I think the brand name might even be Coated Silver, which is a 20,000 parts per million. And based on researching how you guys do it, like that's not the goal. But anyway, what, what does Coated Silver mean to you? Most of those Coated Silvers are coated with protein various kinds of proteins. And the proteins are pretty much inert. That's not really the, the, the problem. But that's how they suspend their silver product is usually they coat them in proteins. And so, you know, some people, okay, where do the proteins come from? You know, are they, are they considered to be prions, which are, uh, you know, have a negative connotation to them. And so most of those particles are large because they are coated with a large protein. Is this why they uh, have a color? Like I'm thinking about this um, this coated silver, and if you put it in water, it almost looks like iodine or something. It's like yes. brown, and it yeah. kind of swirls around and suspends itself in the water. Exactly. And again, these are large particles, and that's why you're able to quote-unquote see them is because they are quite large. And I know there's a lot of silver products out there that kind of tout that. It, it can't be you know a colloid because it's transparent or it's colorless. Well, that's not true. It's just that our particles are smaller, and they really don't reflect light. Uh, okay, interesting. Because color, color basically is reflected light. And right. so the particle has to be large enough for that light to be reflected back to your eye so you can actually see it. Our particles are smaller. Interesting. Okay. And then what about uh, bioactive silver hydrosol? It's a big word, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I love marketing. Marketing to me is kind of just, it's still fascinating. It's like, okay, let's throw these terms at it and let's see what sticks. It's kind of like, you know, throwing paint on a wall and let's see yeah. what sticks. Marketing is similar to that. So bioactive, okay, let's break it down. So bioactive, does it work with a biological system? Does it work in that biological system? Does it work for that or against that biological system? Or does it have a mode of action? Does it have a mode of action? Inert and, exactly. Okay. Um, and what was the other part of it? Uh, hydrosol. Hydrosol. Yeah. Well, that means it's in water. That's it? <laughs> it sounds fancier than Yes, that. <laughs> yes. Hydro is water. I'm and like, whoa, sol, hydrosol, whoa. And, yeah. and a sol, again, a sol is kind of, uh, uh, kind of like it's just suspended in water. It could be dissolved in water. Sol means it's a something in water. So hydro, water, sol, something's in the water. Okay, cool. Thank you for, for clearing that up. Yeah. And then what is this, uh, speaking of Sol, your silver Sol technology? You know, when, yeah, I go and we, the, when I go on the site, there's a lot of emphasis put on that as it being a differentiating factor and something unique to the way you guys make silver. Yeah, you know, the silver Sol is basically what it is. It's, it's a silver in dispersed in water. And that's what, a, that's what, unquote, a sol is. And so sol is kind of a, it's an old Latin term. I mean, if you look at the terms of solvent, solution, you know, sol is kind of that, that kind of that root word in there. And it just means that something is in something else. Okay. So our silver is suspended in water. Okay. And then what's, uh, going back to the PPM or parts per million, from your perspective, what is the safe and ideal parts per million when you have products out there that are touting 20,000 and all these ridiculously large numbers? And then you guys are coming in, I think like 10 to 30 parts per million, maybe break that out because my goal here is to kind of dispel some of the confusion that's created by marketing, right? Because everyone wants to have the best product. And so oftentimes when that's the case, 
they get into this more is better uh, mentality, which isn't always the truth, right? So true. So true. Our testing that we've done, we've done extensive testing. We have literally hundreds of third-party tests with Nelson Labs, with Pacific Bio Labs, with these very reputable lab companies that we've done testing with. And what we found out was, number one, our silver will do the same, if not better, usually better, uh, kill times with many, many less parts per million. We can, we can get our kill times with 10 to 30 parts per million where they're using hundreds, if not thousands of parts per million to do the same thing. And our kill times are faster. And when you say kill times, you're talking about... We're talking uh, if we put a bad bacteria like MRSA... Yeah, that's pretty bad stuff. If we put MRSA with our silver, it's dead within minutes, if not sooner. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Uh, recently, I was having some issues with tinnitus and and things like that, and so um, a, a gentleman that I interviewed said, "Man, you probably have a. I think it's called a not MRSA. Um, oh, Marcon's mm. a Marcon's infection. Like it's like a you know antibiotic resistant." bacterial infection in in your nose and i just intuitively started spraying the silver up my nose and like nebulizing it and stuff like that but even in so doing i thought well i'm probably just like shooting in the dark here because i figured if it was antibiotic resistant that the silver probably wasn't going to hit it are you saying that even when something like marsa or maybe even marcons is resistant to antibiotics that silver can still neutralize it right now there are there is no antibiotic resistance to silver products with bacteria. So VRE, MRSA, Marcons, they have great, we have great success with all of those bacteria. So there is no antibiotic resistance to silver. Wow. God, that's like, that's so crazy. Then why, I mean, I guess I know the answer. It's because there's a lot of money to be made in the pharmaceutical industry, right? Let's throw another antibiotic strain at it or something, right? Instead of just going, well, we know what works. Let's use that. But it's 40 bucks a bottle instead of a couple hundred or whatever, you know, and then maybe, maybe there's the rub. It, there's a big rub with the industry, you know, with big pharma. We've kind of stayed away from big pharma because yeah. big pharma can cause problems. Yeah. They can you shut know? your ass down. There you go. There you go. And well, the, uh, they have the lobby. They have the yeah. FDA in their pockets. They have... Yeah, big pharma. They're, you know, they can be pretty scary, you know. But going back, I want to go back just for a minute about the PPM values. So our, our testing that we've done with those labs, we've discovered that anything over about 50 PPM actually becomes cytotoxic to what we call somatic body cells. And so our products are are, are never over 50 PPM for that reason. And so, you know, we say that 3035 is about as far as we want to go with our products to stay away from that cytotoxicity for our own cells. And so our testing has proved that. So that's where our products are always under there, but they have the same efficacy as those products that are thousands of PPMs. Is that because of the size of the particle you guys have been able to produce? It's part of the size of the particle, but it's the way that our particle works as well. How so? So if we want to get into, you know, how that process works, we have a structured silver particle. It's between 5 and 15 nanometers. Now, on the outside of that particle is a structured formula of atoms, a a collection of atoms of silver and oxygen. We call it AG4O4 or tetrasilver tetraoxide. And it is that 
oxided silver coating surrounded, or I should say it surrounds a metallic silver core. So in the core of our particle is metallic silver. And on the outside of it is this AG404. And that's what makes our product different than any other product. And that's what I make our product works. That's what makes it work. Uh, interesting. Okay. And then with the silver in general, some of the criticism that I hear out there in the world is that you run the risk of it building up in your tissues if you take it on a regular basis. What what have you uh, got to say about that particular issue? Argeria, <clears throat> I mean, everybody knows who the blue man is. He's actually a Utahan. Uh, that lived in Utah, and he was partaking of a large concentration of ionic silver products. And it turns out that ionic silver, which is just a, a silver atom that's lost an electron, very simple little particle, but what it does is it doesn't like to leave the body. And in fact, what it happens is it likes to put itself into adipose tissue, fat tissue, usually underlying the skin. And so when ultraviolet or sunlight hits that little particle inside of a cell, it actually gets reduced down to a silver atom, which is colored, silver metal. And so that buildup of that ionic silver in the adipose tissue, the fat cells underlying the skin, turns the skin a tint of blue or gray. Is this guy that you're speaking of? This is a real person. This is a real person. Yeah, he's he's on the internet. Really? Yeah, he's just. I think you can do blue man, silver guy, or something like that. And he just got overzealous with his use oh my, of silver. Oh my! Huh? Interesting. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's not toxic. Oh, uh, okay. It just turns you permanently blue and gray. Permanently? Permanently. Oh, damn! It is a permanent. <laughs> self-induced oh tattoo, if you want to call oh, it that I've way. made some mistakes experimenting with different health practices. Luckily, I don't think any of the things I've done wrong have been permanent, yeah. at least not visibly so. Uh, they prob I probably have hurt myself here and there yeah. over the years, just you know, not being thoughtful about the way I do things. That's really interesting. So the thing that I've been curious about as well, if the silver is an antibiotic, essentially, do we run the risk of killing off our good probiotics within, you know, the GI, et cetera, if we were to consume, like, you guys have the immune product. Is that one? Yeah, the immune support. Yeah. And I love that. I keep it just up in my supplement cabinet and let's take a swig of it. I don't really measure it at a tiny little sip, maybe a teaspoon or something every couple of days. And I, I enjoy it. And, you know, incidentally, uh, I can't remember the last time I was sick with anything. So it might be contributing to that. But sometimes I do think, oh man, but I just took my probiotics, so maybe I shouldn't take the silver because I think it's going to wipe out the colony that I'm trying to build. What, what's the deal with that particular aspect? Well, first off, we've done human ingestion studies on uh, a myriad of, of people. And we have scientific evidence that our silver actually clears out of the body within 24, usually to 36 to 48 hours. It's gone. It clears out through a little bit out of the urinary tract and out of uh, the large intestine. And so once you dose with our silver, it does its job, hangs into the body for that period of time, and then it's gone. There's no chance of it building up in the body. And so again, along with the probiotics, probiotics are bacteria, right? Okay, but they're good bacteria. They're not bad bacteria. Well, it turns out that a lot of people 
don't understand microbiology a lot. So you have pathogenic bacteria on one hand and you have probiotics on the other hand. Turns out that bacteria are far different from each, each other than what people believe. I mean, if you have a probiotic, you could call it a giraffe. And if you have a pathogenic bacteria, you could call it a fish. They are that far apart on the genetic spectrum. And so their structures are far different as well. And so silver in itself has a propensity to kill pathogenic bacteria because it is a different structure. Probiotic bacteria are more hardy. Oh, They're tougher. Huh. And so, yes, over a period of time, again, this comes down to that dosage. If you're slamming thousands of ppm of silver down there, it's going to kill the probiotics. Where if we tested ours against probiotics, and again, it's that, that nice 30 ppm range. If we go above that, yeah, it will harm the probiotics. And that's why our immune supplement is not over 30, 35 parts per million. So it doesn't harm the probiotics. But silver will kill probiotics in high concentrations. Interesting. In my experience, nothing has a bigger impact, and I mean nothing, on how I feel and perform each day than my quality and quantity of sleep. Honestly, I've tried every supplement and biohacking technology out there to improve my mood, energy, and focus after a crappy night's sleep, and there is nothing that makes me feel better than a good night's sleep. And unfortunately, lack of sleep is simply not hackable in my experience. And the thing that's had the single biggest impact on my sleep is temperature regulation. This company, Chili Sleep, makes the coldest and most comfortable sleep systems available. I started out back in the day using their Cube, then onto the Uller, and most recently their new Doc Pro, which is by far my most cherished sleep tool. It works like this. The Chili Sleep mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep, cold sleep. And with the Doc Pro, I can even set the app to change temperatures throughout the night and even turn warm in the morning to wake me up rather than using an alarm clock. It's really cool. And by the way, it also saves me a grip of money on my electric bill to not run the AC cold all night long. So I'll invite you to supercharge your sleep right now at sleep.me slash lukestory, where you will save 25% off the purchase of any Cube, Uller, or new Doc Pro sleep systems. Now, this offer is available exclusively for Lifestylist Podcast listeners and only for a limited time. That's S-L-E-E-P dot M-E slash Luke Story to take advantage of these exclusive discounts so you too can wake up refreshed every day. And trust me, you'll thank me later. And you guys, you seem to do a lot of research. Like when it's going on the research tab, there's all of these studies actually on the site. And what I like about that is the the transparency because you're at, you can actually download the results of whatever study you did. And in some cases, I mean, you can tell it's like from a third party lab and it's like a scan of a piece of paper that you guys probably got in the mail from the lab you did the testing with. And then in others, I mean, it was a, you might want to have a little warning on there, but with like some of the wound, yes. the, the wound healing stuff, you know, I'm like, oh, wound healing PDF, let me download that. And it's like, there's one where this person's hand was practically ripped apart, all these stitches and stuff. And then you show this timeline of, applying the the gel, the silver gel yeah. that you guys have in X amount of days and you see it fade and fade and fade and then it's gone. You know? right. So it's cool because you see that, yeah. you go, wow, you can, if you give the body what it needs to heal, 
it'll do its job. Right. Um, but it was a little shocking. <laughs> you know, I was like, wasn't ready for that. I just ate breakfast, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, why do you guys, is it just that at this point, like you have a viable company, do you still need to kind of prove yourself by continuing research? Or are you just curious to, to learn more? Or is it a bit of both? Well, it's, it's of course, it's both. Um, but, you know, marketing has changed. And we have a lot of influencers now. And so, again, sometimes the influencers will read something or they'll find something that is, you know, derogatory towards silver or towards uh, our particle, for an example. And so we have to put that proof out there saying, no, this is the science. We've done the science. Here's the evidence. Here's the proof. This is the truth. Instead of somebody saying, oh, that's bad because, well, people can say things, but can they prove it? Yeah, I like that. It's it's interesting. I've noticed um, being in the the field that I am of working with different brands and promoting different brands because I just I find things that I I think work and help me in my life and I want to share them with people and it's become part of you know my business model. It's interesting in certain industries how uh, it gets very cutthroat. You know, not as much in the supplement realm as it does in the technology, like sauna companies are very competitive. Uh, mattress companies are very competitive, you know, and there's this mentality that there's a shortage of customers out there. And I'm always like, you guys, everyone needs a good mattress. You know, there's seven, however many billion people. But in the silver industry, in the niche silver industry within kind of the supplement realm, I noticed there's a lot of comparison charts on websites and people talking crap about each other and stuff like that. It's interesting to me that silver in particular is um, filled with as much contention as it is when it's seemingly something pretty straightforward. I agree. I'm going, really? Because I, you know, I saw a paper that was produced and uh, there was 14 products that were compared. And one of them was one of our products. And uh, they had electron micrograph pictures because that's how you have to see these particles because they're so small. So you have to use an electron microscope. And I saw this silver biotics picture and I'm going, that's not our particle. I mean, that looks like yuck. And I'm going, well, yeah, I wouldn't buy that. But what I have is I have probably 10 years worth of a series of electron micrographs that shows our particle, what it looks like year after year after year, because we do third-party testing with that. And so we have to prove that our particle is what it is for certain clients. And so we have that record and we have that research. And I'm going, oh, I don't know what you took a picture of, but it wasn't our particle. So it's totally fraudulent? Oh, yes. Wow. Uh, I guess I'm not surprised. I mean, I just... I'm a guy that tries to have more faith in humanity that someone wouldn't, yeah. you know, like, you don't need to do that. Just build something cool and they will come, you know, but I guess I'm just a bit naive in that way or just overly hopeful. Okay. So how does silver actually work? What's the mechanism of action when we're talking about killing pathogens, which it does so effectively? How is it actually doing it? Our particle, it's amazing. We found out there's actually three main modes of action. Number one, it attacks the cell walls and cell membranes of the pathogens and basically rips holes in them and, and uh, lyses the cell, destroys the cell. Also, we found out that the silver the particles do get into the cell. There actually is little pumps in certain organisms that will bring things like this into the cell for who knows what reason. Maybe it's food, maybe it's something else. Let's bring it in to find out. Once the silver particle gets into the organism, it actually kind of gets into the way of protein synthesis. Uh, so it can't 
metabolize food. It can't make more of itself. It can't repair itself. It also gets into a little bit of the mechanism that reproduces the uh, the nucleic acids, the DNA and RNA. So it doesn't change them. It doesn't you know modulate them whatsoever. It doesn't cause that. Okay, if it's going to mutate again, it doesn't cause that. It just gets in the way of reproducing it, so the cell can't reproduce. And so once it's done, it's done, it can't reproduce, and so it dies. So those are kind of the three main modes of action. And whereas antibiotics, as far as we know, you know, we don't know all of everything that antibiotics do, but they have one mode of action for a bacterium, for an example. It will get in, it'll get into the cellular mechanism and block it and cause the cell to destroy that way. But once that cell figures out that, hey, I can go around this antibiotic, that's when it becomes antibiotic resistance. Whereas silver it can't find that antibiotic resistance. So it kills the bacteria no matter what. Wow, that's so interesting. What a trip. And again, like I'm always left <laughs> so often uh, with these conversations, like why doesn't everyone know about this? Why aren't we just using this? I mean, you're talking about, you know, Marsa and things like this with the silvers, like no problem, nukes it out. And then no matter how many antibiotics. And then, you know, the, the thing, of course, that many people realize the um, detriment to the antibiotics is that you're having to take all these different strains over time, right? Throughout the course of your life and just decimating the gut biome, kind of like playing whack-a-mole, not really knowing which antibiotic is going to work for which pathogen, for yeah. which infection, right? And it always changes because they mutate. They're right. able to mutate around that antibiotic. And they, they, so they have not figured out how to mutate around silver yet. Nope. That's so awesome. So when it comes to silver like the the immune support product for example i think you explained this a little bit in that in supporting the immune system to me there's like well killing pathogens right that's going to do it but when you're taking an oral product or like you guys have a oral product for pets which i'm excited to try on on my dog cookie is it the same kind of thing with the wound healing where you're just you're you're lowering the the pathogenic load essentially bio load Okay, the bioload is just explain to me how it helps with the immune system, yeah. I guess. Is and again, it, it is the same thing. If you have a sore throat, why is it sore? Because you have a pathogen in there causing damage. What's the body trying to do? It's trying to, number one, get rid of that. I mean, for an example, if you have like a, a sliver and you don't know that you have a sliver, but pretty soon your finger feels sore and then you see a red patch and then you see this is called inflammation. What's the body trying to do? It's trying to get rid of that sliver. And eventually, it will hopefully push that sliver out and you'll be able to, with pus and everything else, you know, that's what it is. Well, pus is nothing more than white blood cells trying to do their job. So what silver does, our immune support system does, is it says, okay, we're going to get rid of that foreign, we're going to get rid of the bacteria, we're going to get rid of whatever's going on to cause the body to inflame to fix itself. And so the body's, like you said earlier, it's kind of wasting energy trying to get rid of this bio load, this biofilm, whatever is causing the immune system to activate in order to fix itself. So what our supplement does is it just very simply takes care of that bio load away from the body. And so the body can very efficiently do what it's supposed to do and fix itself. Is that the same mechanism of action that helps silver reduce inflammation? Yes. 
that's kind of just a benefit of that process. Yeah, definitely a benefit of that. And silver has some other modes of action that actually helps with that. Some research needs to be done. And I have some ideas that we may talk about later, but silver does modulate pain receptors. Oh, really? Huh. This is an interesting topic that needs to have more research done with it. And I have some some really good ideas, being the science guy I am, on how that process works. And like I said, we may share that at at another time. But if the body is modulating pain and if it's taking care of the bio load, what's the body got left to do but to heal itself? Right. Totally makes sense. I mean, this has been my philosophy for... 25 some odd years that I've been into this is if you if you want to heal your body, A, stop doing the stuff that's making your body sick, right? B, give the body the stuff that it needs to heal because the body wants to heal, right? It's yeah. like you cut yourself. What's making your cut heal? The body wants to get back to homeostasis. It exactly. wants that center line. And if we're, to me, if we're not healing, it's just because we're not giving it what it needs, or there's something we're giving it that's interfering with that process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And we've noticed that, I've personally noticed that if I have a chunk of road rash, because I'm I'm an adventurous person. And uh, a mountain bike guy? That amongst many other hobbies, way too many hobbies. But I think that's uh, pretty, that's popular here, because I was just... I was with someone this morning. He had a big old road rash on his (laughs) arm. and He was like, I was up mountain biking in Park City. And I was like, oh, okay. You guys are nuts. Yeah, they'll take you to the top of the mountain on a chairlift and you ride down as <laughs> fast you as you can. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. it's great fun. But yeah, you know, I've noticed if I got some road rash and I, I slather some gel on it, it's like, that feels better. Yeah, yeah. So I know there is some kind of a pain modulation with the gel as well. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I support your research and I want to hear more about that. Do you find as your role, what do, what's your role? Your chief science officer? Is that, yeah, chief okay. science officer. Do, amongst other things. Do but, these yeah. guys give you uh, adequate budgets to, to play around in the realm of research that you, when you want to like find something like this out, are you given the opportunity to do so? I kind of have free reign. Cool. Because they love it too. Because if I find something fabulous, of course, that you know is better marketing for their products. Right. That's cool. So yeah, I have fun every day. I get to formulate products. I get to, you know, if somebody wants an eczema cream, I look up all the formularies for eczema cream and I make one. Wow. And see if it works. And That's, so, I mean, walking into the factory today, I don't, you know, I understood very little of what's going on from a technical standpoint, but it looked like you could make some pretty serious stuff in there, yes. you know, if you were given, you know, like you said, free reign to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember first hearing about the medicinal plant Kratom years ago as a potential social mood lifter and even natural painkiller. For those of you that have never heard of it, Kratom is an all-natural herb related to the coffee plant that's been used in Thailand for centuries. But even though Kratom piqued my interest, I gotta be honest, I was nervous to try it due to it being sold exclusively in sketchy smoke shops and dark web internet sites when I first discovered it. And as a recovering opiate addict, I also had some fears around its reputation as a natural opiate, and I feared I might get addicted, and I definitely wanted to avoid that. Fast forward to now some seven years later, and I find myself using Kratom both safely and somewhat regularly. The key for me was in finding a brand I could trust, and one that only uses pure leaf and not dangerous extract. And the brand that I found and use today is called Super Speciosa. 
These guys use only the top 1% of kratom produced in the world and boast some of the highest alkaloid levels in the industry, which means it's more powerful and works. Plus, they only use one ingredient, pure kratom leaf, and are rigorously tested for purity and safety. Now, personally, I use Super Speciosa for so many applications, such as relaxation and social settings, but also as a pre-workout and even as a nootropic for work, focus, and creativity. Kratom is strange and unique as it helps energize your mind and relax your body at the same time. It's pretty incredible. So if you're going to check it out for beginners, I recommend their signature Super Speciosa strain. To try Kratom and get 20% off your entire order, here's what you do. Go to getsuperleaf.com slash Luke. And if you use the promo code Luke, you'll save 20% off your entire order. Again, that's getsuperleaf.com slash Luke. And the 20% off code is also Luke. Uh, so, you know, in some of my explorations, um, working with products like this, uh, as I said, sometimes I just kind of make up a protocol for myself. And one of the things that I did, as I was alluding to earlier, is nebulizing and then making nasal sprays with the, um, with the silver. Is that something that you find a lot of people are doing? Is that something that's gaining in popularity? Is there any efficacy to that as even just like as a wellness routine, even if you're not trying to clear an active infection? Is that something that would be advisable just as a kind of maintenance practice? We have people calling in all the time and they're saying, well, we're doing this and it seems to be working. You know, of course, all we can really say on the business model is we know that there's a lot of off-label uses and people are being very successful. And that's, you know, that's, that's really all we can say, um, you know, because the FDA has ears and stuff like that. And, and if, you do, if you say you treat, cure, or diagnose, you're in trouble. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, so we don't. We, you know, we stay away from that. But we do know that there's a lot of off-label uses that are very successful in a lot of different ways. And so... So we get people calling in all the time saying, this is working. Is it okay? And I said, well, if it's working, it's probably okay. <laughs> this is the frustration I have as someone who likes to find unique and novel ways to help people. And when they involve products that aren't FDA cleared for a specific purpose, I feel like the creators and vendors of these products are like, handcuffed you know it's like you have this thing like off mic you could probably tell me oh luke yeah man we cure this and that and that right but being recorded you can't say that because of the liability and it's like on one part i find that really frustrating but on the other hand somebody's got to be looking out for the consumer also right so exactly anyone could put anything in a little bottle and say oh this cures hiv or something you know what i mean so it's like you got to have the regulatory agency but when they're in bed with the pharmaceutical industry, then you get this conflict of interest wherein a guy like you is just stating something anecdotally. Oh, people email us all the time and say they're healing this or that using our product, yet you can't say that because you could be interfering with the profits of a competitive drug or something like that, right? That's patented and is making someone a crap load of money. It's frustrating. There's no question it's frustrating because we can see how wonderful the product is and the many uses the product could be for. And so it is very frustrating. And, you know, we do have some FDA clear products, our wound care gels, our wound wash, our 
you know, FDA cleared products. And so we can say our wound wash will take care of a wound. It will kill bacteria. It will treat that wound. And with our wound care gel, it's 510K cleared as well. So we do have some 510K cleared FDA products that we can say, yes, this is what they do and this is how good they are. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, thinking about that, I'm trying to think of ways in which, because I've had a suite of these products for a while now and using them in different ways. And one of the things that I've been doing, I guess I can make this claim because it's just my personal experience and I don't have a stake in your company, is we have a crazy uh, level of mosquitoes in Texas and they will just eat the hell out of you. And so I use that healing cream on the mosquito bites and I don't know if it's placebo or what, but I put some of that cream on and then I forget about those bites wherever I put it. Like it seems to really work well. It's almost like... You're using a numbing cream or something, you know, it pretty much neutralizes the itching and and also just the um, making it worse by scratching it, right? Because yeah. I'll kind of forget. I'm like, ah, oh, you're not supposed to scratch it, but yeah. it feels so good. And I go, oh, I'm going to put some of that silver cream on and then I just tend to forget about it. Yeah. And the, the creams, they are, I mean, that is, it is a healing cream. And so we can, you know, make that claim that it, it will help healing due to that immune support process. Absolutely. And they're, you know, they're pure products too. Everything's organic. Everything is, you know, non-GMO. They're really pure, clean products. And so we're really proud of those. Yeah. That's one thing. Kudos on that too. And I'm glad you mentioned that because sometimes you'll have people that make topicals, right? Different lotions, creams, and things like that. And there might be something really good in it like silver in your case, but then they put all this crappy parabens and endocrine disruptors and all this stuff in the lotion or whatever it is. I'm like, ah, you idiots. Like you have an ingredient in there that's really good for you, but it's now overshadowed by all of the crap that you used in cutting corners and creating the formula for the product. So I, I scanned your healing cream and I was like, wow, this is actually looks to me and I'm not, you know, I'm not that well versed, but there was nothing on there that ring as like a red flag to me as something you wouldn't want to put on your skin. Well, that's one thing about our products too, is that one part is the immune support, but silver axe is a preservative. Oh, so you don't have to Parabens and benzoates and sorbates. We don't have to have any of that because we have our own preservative. That's funny, dude. All right. Here's another thing I did a couple of days ago uh, before I flew out here. Um, I bought a couple bags of oranges. I love to make fresh squeezed orange juice. And I'm bottle the oranges and then realized, oh my God, I'm about to leave town. So I I juiced them all anyway because they probably would have gone bad sitting on the counter. And then I thought, I don't know if this is going to last throughout my trip. So I put some of your immune support silver in there as a preservative, just intuitively. Do you think that could possibly work? Sure. I mean, if it's working for your topicals and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, we have, I mean, one of the main what molds or fungus out there is, is candida and aspergillus. Well, we kill candida and aspergillus, so it acts as a preservative. That's cool. Are people using like the immune support, the oral products for candida? I mean, is that a viable solution for that? I know you can't make claims, yada, yada, but... Yeah, again, it kills, you know, that's what it does. It kills bio load, it kills microorganisms, so... And that is provable based on lab tests where you pour it on that microbe and the microbe dies. Like it's pretty cut and dried in terms of... And again, every product that comes out of our has been uh, micro-tested. So USP 61 is done on every one of our products to make sure that it does what it's supposed to do.
I've always been a fan of pomegranate, but I had no idea it contained one of the most powerful compounds in the world for mitochondria. It's called urolithin A, and it's incredible for mitophagy. Or put more simply, the way your body discards old dysfunctional mitochondria. The thing is that you'd have to eat ridiculous amounts of pomegranate to get a clinically effective dose of this urolithin A. That's why I get mine in a product called MitoPure, available in a berry powder, protein powder, and soft gels. Super easy to take and adopt into your daily routine. MitoPure is a breakthrough postbiotic that activates your body's natural defense against aging. It's also the first product on the market to offer a precise dose of urolithin A to upgrade mitochondrial function, increase cellular energy, and improve muscle strength. MitoPure is the result of 10 years of research by scientists at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, and its clinically proven benefits are available for the first time in the U.S. through Timeline Nutrition. To learn even more about the science of MitoPure, go back and check out episode 389 with Dr. Chris Wrench. It's a mitochondria geek out of the highest order of magnitude and helps simplify this complex topic. And in the meantime, as a special offer for you listeners, you can use the promo code LUKE10 to get 10% off any 2, 4, or 12-month MitoPure plan at TimelineNutrition.com. And by the way, I highly suggest the starter pack, which lets you try all three forms of MitoPure. Again, that's TimelineNutrition.com, and your code is LUKE10. Okay, so one thing I haven't tried yet, but now it's making perfect sense to me. And I don't know if you guys had it when I found you, if it's new or I just didn't know about it, but you have this tooth gel and then you have a toothpaste, which I'm assuming don't have fluoride and other nasty stuff in them. But that actually sounds really cool because one of the problems with tartar and all this stuff in your oral hygiene is just the the bacteria and the bacteria can get under your gums and then get in your bloodstream. Like I'm learning more about oral hygiene as it pertains to the rest of your body. Um, so what can you tell me about the uh, oral care products? The oral care products, they're wonderful. I use a toothpaste all the time. In fact, I formulated the toothpaste, I think it was about two or three years ago. Can't remember. But anyway, so when I formulated the toothpaste, I thought, okay, I'll try it since it's my recipe. So I started using it, went to the dentist every six months like I'm supposed to. And about a year into it, he says, what are you doing? I'm going, brushing. He goes, well, your pockets have healed. I'm going, pockets. And he goes, yeah, the pockets, you know, the under the gum pockets, they're healed up. He says, used to come to me and used to bleed like terrible when I cleaned your teeth. He says, you don't anymore. What are you doing? He says, well, I'm, I'm using this toothpaste. <laughs> and he goes, okay, let me see it. So I brought him a couple of tubes of toothpaste. And he goes, oh, he says, oh, okay. These are just clean ingredients, simple ingredients. He says, but what's this silver stuff? And I'm going, so I gave him the silver story. And he goes, okay, so you're killing the bacteria that's causing your pockets to grow and to kill the plaque as well. And I'm going, yeah. And so when we produced the tooth gel and the toothpaste, we actually did head-to-head testing against the two bacteria that really causes plaque and gum disease. And yeah, it, it kills those as well. That's badass. I got to get some of that. I wonder if you could, I, I don't have, I, I don't have the, uh, 
whatever the little spirochetes or whatever up onto your gums. The the dentist I go to test for that. They kind of swab mm-hmm. under in between yeah. your tooth and the gum. And apparently, if you have that, that brushing won't do it, no matter what you brush with, because it can't get in there. So they recommend water picking. And so. I don't have them, but I don't want to get them. So I got like a super fancy water pick and I actually, I'm enjoying it. I like the water pick. I've never had one before. It seems to me that it would make sense to make one's own kind of water pick solution and put some silver in that so you can get it up under the gums and up in those little nooks and crannies. Again, one of those off-label yeah. things that people have probably done and been very successful at it. But uh, again, we've done the testing. It's not cytotoxic doesn't harm your skin cells, doesn't harm your gum cells. So, yeah. Wow, that's cool. So I want to let people know too, listening, I'm sure some people listening are like, wow, I want to try this stuff. Uh, you can go to lukestory.com slash silverbiotics. lukestory.com slash silverbiotics. And you guys have given us a very, I'm like, is this a typo? This is a very generous discount code. I hope this is legit. Luke30 gives people 30% off. So wherever on your team that came from, thank you. I want to mention that. You're welcome. In terms of the uh, the oral care stuff, the tooth gel and the toothpaste, I've had a funny experience that I wanted to share. And this has happened to me probably, I want to say maybe three or four times where I've had your um, the healing cream, which comes in a little tube that looks just like toothpaste. And often at night, I, you know, I only have red lights on because I don't want the blue light and stuff because I'm just nuts. I have brushed my teeth with that freaking healing cream quite a few times and put it on like, why is this so greasy? This doesn't feel like toothpaste. And it was that. And so I just rolled with it. And it probably, you know, killed microbes in there. But a word to the uh, the consumer there, just be mindful that you're not using the cream as the toothpaste inadvertently. You're not the first one. I'm not, not the okay, only good. one. I don't feel We've like, heard of it before. Because I have it yeah. in my little shaving kit. Yeah. It's like it's literally the same size and shape mm-hmm. as toothpaste. So yeah. I'm like, I guess it, it didn't hurt me. Well, and the one thing with the tooth gel as well is that the tooth gel, one of our one of our older board members, he had a problem with his uh he's old and and problem with his enamel. It was basically been eaten away over the years. And so he wanted something with zero ingredients that would be abrasive. And so the tooth gel is completely and utterly non-abrasive. Oh, that's the difference. That's the the main difference. The tall is in both of them because xylitol is a a sweetener that is antimicrobial and wonderful for uh, oral health. And so those two things, that's, you know, the silver with the xylitol in both products makes some great products. All right, cool. And then what about mixing silver, like oral silver products with other vitamins, minerals, things like that? Is there any counterindication or any added benefit or anything? No, I don't think so. We've had, we've had zero contraindications with any vitamins or, or minerals for that matter. The only thing that our silver doesn't play really well with is super high concentrations of salt. Oh, really? Yeah. But we're talking about putting a teaspoon of salt in your mouth and at the same time you're drinking the silver. It's, yeah. Uh, Okay, what happens? Um, The silver does have a tendency to turn gray and because Uh, the silver is being chemically reduced by the high salt concentration. uh, But that's the only thing that we've ever found contraindicative is super high salt concentrations. Like you wouldn't want to gargle with this much salt. Right. (laughs) Okay. Because some people gargle with salt water, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, this is the stuff where you would pour salt in and we've done the testing on it just to make sure where you pour salt in water and it won't dissolve anymore. Mm -hmm. You drink the whole thing anyway. 
Yeah, that's a contraindication for our product. Okay. All right. Well, that's and good, any silver product for that matter. That's a good uh, a good warning for people. Uh, you mentioned uh, eczema earlier in the conversation. A lot of people seem to be struggling with uh, psoriasis and eczema, things of this nature. When I've looked into it with the experts I interview, everyone always says, "Oh, it's a gut thing. It's a you know dysbiosis, inflammation." Which may or may not be true, probably is true, but still, like, I feel like if there was something topical, you could at least reduce that symptom and not have to wait around until the two years it takes you to fix your freaking gut or something. Have you guys had any success with people with chronic skin conditions like that? The healing cream does does work well. And uh, we are currently formulating some type of an eczema cream for a customer and just using just, you know, uh, natural products in that as well. And so, yeah, that is something that does work. Again, the, uh, the, the healing cream does work on basically wounds. And eczema is basically kind of an autopathic wound that your body creates for that inflammation. And so the healing cream does work with that. All right. Awesome. And what about the pet product? I want to get this, as I said, for my dog, Cookie. Do you just put it in their food or in their water? How does that work? Both. Uh, okay. You can just replace their water with it if you want to replace their water with it. That's what I've done with really? our pets in the past. Oh, wow. When they have an infection, they're not feeling yeah. good, you know, diarrhea, whatever the case might be, I just take their water and put the 10 ppm supplement in really? there for their water and they're fine. They, you know, wow. about a day, everything's back to normal again and yeah. change their water back out to, you know, normal water, but you can supplement it with that as well. So, uh, yeah, it's non-toxic to pets. The only caution is, is that you cannot use the oral products with dogs. Xylitol is toxic to oh, dogs. Okay, the, the tooth gel and the toothpaste. The tooth gel uh, and the toothpaste. Okay. So we have had customers, you know, saying, hey, is it okay to use on my dog? No, xylitol is toxic to dogs. Just dogs. Right. But yeah, so. That's okay. That's good to know. You know what else is strangely toxic to dogs, which I found out the hard way many years ago? Acai berries. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was dating this girl and she had a dog and we would always feed the dog frozen blueberries. And this dog freaking loved blueberries. They were like his favorite treat. And then one day, rather than Googling it first, unfortunately, I was like, well, I wonder if the dog would like acai. Well, it's berries, blueberries, acai berries. And I gave the dog and he got really sick. And oh. And then I Googled it and was like, oh, please don't die. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's, it's weird though with dogs, like there's yeah. specifically just certain things that don't chocolate, everyone knows, right? Hopefully avocados, it's just weird. Dogs have this very sensitive system versus like, you know, a goat or something. You could probably feed them a tin can, yeah. as they say, and they, they're fine. Uh, then what about, what about kids uh, or women that are breastfeeding? Always check with a physician. With neonates, uh, with children, I think the label is under 12. Always check with a physician. It's just safer to do it that way. Some physicians I've heard say, okay, it's fine. It's not a big deal. And some say, oh, no, 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 don't, don't do anything out of the ordinary, you know, if you're breastfeeding or for neonates. So okay. always check with the physician. Okay, cool. Good, good to know. Good to know. One last thing I was wondering about here is I've noticed that there are certain silver products like the oral products on the market that come in glass and they're really happy and proud about that. And then your product comes in like a blue hard plastic. And I'm wondering if there's any issues with that. I mean, it seems like you guys could use whatever you want. Why did you opt to go for the plastic bottle? 
shipping, mainly shipping. Uh, we've done the research with both. Uh, our product works well with glass. We have a customer that has a glass product on a four ounce, but on their eight and 16 ounce, 32 ounce, it's the plastic. So a lot of it, the glass looks medicinal. It's like, hey, this is probably medicine. It's probably really good. But we found out that the the glass versus the plastic, there is no real difference. But it does depend on the plastic. We actually have, we use what we call PET plastic. And that's the plastic that has no effect on our silver product whatsoever. There are some other plastics out there that does have a problem with silver, any silver. So um, that's kind of where we've done the research and where we can do both. We can do glass products, we can do plastic products, but of course for shipping and packaging, it's much cheaper to, to Glass ship. is heavy. Glass is heavy. Yeah, but you guys did find, I'm happily, I'm glad to hear that, that you researched different plastics and yes. found some of them leach and some of them are just inert and safe. This is what I always tell people this because, I mean, I would love a world where we didn't use plastic and everything was made out of right. hemp and... It, we sing Kumbaya around the campfire, but the fact is we're using it, but I've always had the sense and, and it's been kind of backed up that not all plastic is created e- equal. Oh right? no. I mean, no, like it's... these, the water bottle down on the floor, these yeah. chintzy little crinkly water bottles. I have a feeling probably leach more junk into a, a liquid substrate than like a hard plastic bottle. That's yeah, definitely. You know, so I'm glad you guys. Yeah, the that PET out. is a very stable plastic. Okay, and you guys tested that. You said. So? Oh yes. Okay. Oh yeah. We test everything. We well, have... I can tell by the operation you have over there. Like I said, I mean, it's like you could eat off the floor in your uh, facility there. It looks like very clean, and everything is really done in a medical kind of uh, degree of cleanliness. And, Thank you. And all that. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. And thanks for having me over there too. I love seeing how that works. I wish that I could go to everyone's facility that I interview because I'm so fascinated with the way things work. Like all those big vats you guys had and stuff like that. It's just, it's hard to describe to people that are listening, but it's it's freaking wild. I guess one thing I wanted to ask too before we wrap it up here, how do you guys deal with the, because you, you have some products like the immune support where it's suspended in water. How do you deal with the purification of water? Oh, is our pure? Our water is, well, it's the purest that you can possibly get without doing something chemically to it. And so uh, we use just ordinary culinary water. We bring it in. Uh, we do uh, reverse osmosis on it first. It's the first thing we do. Then we run it through a charcoal filter, activated carbon filter. And then we run it through a resin chamber, which actually takes the rest of the minerals out. So our water is pure down to less than one TDS or total dissolved solid, which is amazing. Uh, the culinary water we get comes in at about six to 800 TDS. We have very hard water around here as it comes from the mountains. And uh, so our water is as pure as you can possibly get it. We actually are selling our water to other customers now for them to do their work. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So that's a little sideline that we have now is we're selling purified water. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the factory... The sheer volume of, I mean, your, y'all's water bill must be through the roof, man. <laughs> these, I describe this to people, these huge, huge vats. I mean, I don't even know how many thousands of gallons of water is being held in those things. But Yeah, we have, we have nine, well, right now active, we have nine 6,500-gallon tanks Holy that are active. And you were telling me today how much volume 
of the silver you guys churn out, what was that number? Uh, we can produce 15,000 gallons every 30 hours. 15,000 gallons every 30 hours. Wow. Are you guys like the biggest supplier of this type of silver product? We are the largest manufacturer in the United States, as far as we know, uh-huh. in the world of silver products. Okay, I got one more question for you then. You're not off the hook this easy. Who have been three teachers in your life that have influenced your work and, and how you live that you'd like to share with us? Oh my, uh, my high school chemistry teacher. That's why I am who I am. And uh, Jim Williams is, we called him coach. He didn't coach sports, he coached science. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, he was one. He was probably the main one. Uh, And then Hal Baird uh, was one of my college professors, uh, an amazing individual, Um, just took care of us and and helped us. And uh, yeah. Um, And then probably the biggest one, of course, was probably my wife. She, uh, She taught me how to live and live properly and and be a good person. Yeah, me too. I love it when I interview men and they they cite their wife. Yeah. I'm like, you can when she hears this, you got major points. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. I have I have the same experience. It's hard to it's like B C A D kind of thing for me. It's hard yep. to imagine. I'm like, how did I even what, what life must have been so dull before I was married to my lovely wife, yeah. you know? Like, and I'm like, and to think all those years when I was young and dumb, it's like, I'm staying single, man. You know, it's like <laughs> I had no idea what I was missing. Uh, all right, man. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time for me. And and also just thank you for doing things right. Just visiting your facility, chatting with you. I feel really good to share stuff like this with the world because there are so many people out there just chasing a buck and actually not doing the thing the way it's supposed to be done at the highest level. So drives me crazy. Yeah. So I appreciate your integrity and stick to and, you know, putting something unique out there and doing it the right way. Well, thank you. Appreciate your time. All right, that brings this barn burner to its conclusion, my homies and homettes. My hope is that you walked away from this one an armchair expert on the almost unbelievable variety of applications of silver. As is often the case, I recorded this and thought to myself, how the hell did it take me six years of podcasting to cover this topic? Well, it took me a while, I admit, but uh, I think it happened right when we needed it most, in time for the holidays and all that travel. When you're around a lot of people, this silver can really come in handy. Now, I've only got one more episode for you this year, and it's a very special one, very close to my heart indeed. And that's episode 450, which drops this Friday. It's called Lessons Learned and Wisdom Earned 2022. This is a yearly recap and a look forward into 2023 with my wife, Allison. We sat down for about three hours and discussed everything we've learned this year, challenges we've overcome, and what we plan to create in the new year. And this is yet another episode where I... I seriously had the temptation to go back and edit out the more vulnerable parts afterward. Then upon reflection, I decided to just let it out in all its sometimes messy glory. I mean, this was one hell of a year for all of us, right? Some ups, some downs, some losses, some victories. But within all of it came the most blessed lessons. So our hope is that by sharing them with you, you might find some perspective on your experience as well. So this Friday's show is going to be a powerful send-off into the new year. And to make sure that you're part of the magic, here's what you do. Click follow or subscribe on your podcast app right now so you don't miss this Friday's show or our first show of 2023 next Tuesday, which is called Enlightenment on Demand. 
Meditation for the Masses and Breathwork Without Borders with Manoj Diaz. And uh, I got to say, that one is going to kick off your January with some high-powered intention and focus. So to make sure you don't miss those, again, click subscribe or follow on your podcast app. And remember, if you want to scope out some silver products, here's what to do. Go to lukestory.com slash silverbiotics. And that code LUKE30 will get you 30% off your first purchase. Then the code LUKE gets you 10% off future orders. All right, I'll be back Friday with our final episode of the year with my favorite human in the entire world, Miss Allison Story, best-selling author of the Animal Power book and card deck and host of the Ceremony Circle podcast. Stay well until then, and may your holidays be filled with joy, family, and friends.